Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye. And I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our show is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to continue the discussion on tools of conscious, higher consciousness, um, more specifically, ways to think. Yeah. But before we get to that, a lot of higher consciousness. we will do our Mayan. Yeah, the traditional Mayan, as we've always said on this program, is a completely different way to think of time and is also um, inherently uh, increasing your consciousness. Mm -hmm. To begin to think in Mayan time is to change your relationship with the 3D reality. Yeah. Today in Mayan is? Is 11 Chachan, and Chachan is the feathered serpent that understands the highest of the high and the lowest of the low. So there is a lot of range within that. And Tone 11 being the day of manifestation. And uh, sometimes manifestation is not what we might think. And in fact, it says, I dissolve in order to survive. Mm -hmm. So anyone who has um, released um, what's quiz, uh, commonly known as addiction, which is not a real word, um, who has released an addiction has dissolved in order to survive. Yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, very much so. So this is an mm -hmm. important day all the way around for so many reasons. And this evening we're going to, well, actually we've been teaching this for uh, more than a decade now, mm -hmm. uh, all of these concepts that we're just going to uh, run over Yeah, again. we're going to give an overview of some of the, the, the ways or perspectives that you can think. I mean, we've talked about these over the years mm -hmm. in different ways in different contexts, but we're going to summarize some of them tonight. And what's so useful to have this in your tool belt is, well, first of all, we all get pulled into everyday life, and we, we enter into states of resistance and stress and all of these things, and we improve all the time, and they get further apart, and they less, last less long each time. And these are all tools that you can pull out of your tool belt and use when you're in those circumstances of your angels coming disguised as demons in the form of coworkers. Um, we have tools to help ourselves and learn that. In yeah, different, in different in ways the, to look. Well, would you like to start, or? Yeah, in the contemplation of the uh, eleven self empowerment protocols, which is a uh, summation of some of this stuff, the very first th thought, the most liberating thought that I can think of, is that <clears throat> there is more than one correct answer. That is what holds us in the box. The box is the prison so long <coughs> as there is only one correct answer, as long as you have this belief and you also have the belief that you've found the correct answer, right and wrong, as long as you believe that, then you are in the box and you're going to stay in the box and you're not going to be able to figure out how to get out of the box. Get out of the box and back into the bowl. Yeah, so the idea of um, recognizing that there's more than one correct answer will really urinate off anyone who's in the box because in the box there is really only one correct answer and you all can stay there as long as you want and that's my my stance on this you stay there as long as you want now we have done the proof a hundred thousand times and there are at least a hundred thousand correct answers to everything um, what to grasp this more directly Two absolutely correct answers can be in great opposition to each other. And, and you can hold this in your brain without having a meltdown, without like a whole lot of earwax coming out of your ears because you had this thought. You can have two opposing points of view, and they are both correct. Well, for instance, my example of a coffee cup in the middle of the table, I can prove to you that the handle's on the right. I can take pictures and get witnesses. Yeah. And then from your side of the table, you can prove the handle's on the left. You yeah. have witnesses. And we can hold the idea that the handle is both on the right and on the left at the same mm -hmm. time. And so maybe that would help people visualize what you're referring Gracie to. Gracie Allen made great. Remember that uh, program? Yeah, you said that about the handles are on the left. Yeah, she sent yeah. the whole shipment back because they were left-handed yeah. coffee cups. Yeah. And uh, couldn't yes. figure out what to do with them. But so there is more than one correct answer, and until you get there, you're in the box. And it's that simple. And again, stay in the box then. It's okay. Because everybody's where they're supposed to be, and that's the way in which that works. 
So that's a good one, that there's more than one correct answer. Absolutely, and I think that's one well worth writing down. Um, and, and along those same lines, that I observed a number of years back that we all walk around with a system of rules on our back. And we're always looking to enforce these rules in everyone else around us, or we are unhappy and live in a state, perpetual state of injustice or unfairness or abuse, victimhood, which we'll talk about later. Once you recognize that there is no objective reality, it's so freeing. And, and how it happened for me, I, I think it was probably about eight or nine years ago, I was walking through the house carrying something, and it occurred to me that there really is no objective reality. And it was so profound to me. I, I mean, I actually sat down and just went, whoa, that there is no objective reality. It's just we have subjective views of an objective reality. So the objective reality is as different as there are people and moments. So there's no such thing as that, and that we walk around with our subjective reality and our subjective view of an objective reality. And it is in that view that causes the most disharmony in all the world. Because if you're walking around with a system of rules that say it's okay to leave the lid off the toothpaste, and my system of rules says Even. no, you cannot leave the lid off toothpaste. And notice they fix that by now. They pop off and pop back on. So you can't really take them off completely. But that the, if, if I walk around with that rule and I have to then enforce it or defend it to, the, to everyone else in the world, once I recognize that everyone is doing the best they can and they are acting in love according to their system of rules that we may or may not agree with, well, then it gives you a completely different entry point to not to take things personally. Well, that's a huge one to understand. No matter what it is, no matter what it looks like, it is a form of love. Mm -hmm. And so then the life has been translating. That didn't seem like a form of, oh, that's what their childhood was like. I get it. That's why they think that's, that's their being system loving. of rules. Yeah, so an, being abusive is loving for some people. Uh, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I've also noticed that when people are really mad and defending something, Mm -hmm. Instead of me resisting it with my rules and, and to scream louder to try to overcome them in some way, I often, whether it's in that moment or after the fact, I think, okay, well, that tells me a lot about that person and what kind of rules they're carrying around. And since they're very unhappy attempting to enforce this, well, then that tells me that they don't really wish to carry that around any longer, you know, because the more stressed out. It's like the little dog that's mm -hmm. trying to defend this whole big range because the owner's we letting him run around. Dog. Okay, yeah. yeah. He's very cute, but he he doesn't have certain territory, so he feels like he has to defend everything uh, for everyone that walks by, and he's completely stressed out. But when mm -hmm. he was given a smaller territory, he, he calmed down a lot. Yeah. And I think when we have these rules we think we have to defend all the time, it really drains on us. Yeah, uh, these, as we were saying, are things that we've taught relentlessly on this program. And we've figured out, we the human race, um, and I myself know that if I'm to get something that is alien to my thought forms, alien to my thought process, I will have to hear it a dozen times before I can build a place to put it in my head, actually put it in my head, uh, then wait six months for it to actually come up online and perhaps a year later, it'll just trip off the tongue with absolutely no hesitation. And then about 10 years later, I'll have to think to remember it, that it will be new uh, at some and point. And automatic after a while. And writes its own code after a while. So we understand this. Now, if um, one of these points that we're making this evening is something you have caught on to from the show, and you would like to, love to, call in and say, Oh, yeah, I got that. I really do understand that point. Um, what was my first one? The, that there's more than one correct answer. Yes, I, now that I realize there's more than one correct answer, this, 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 and this has changed in my life, we'd love to hear from you if you know any of these points are things you've picked up on and you'd like to cite them for okay. us. Yep. So now I think of all the teachings I've done in this lifetime and what I would leave as a legacy uh, to pass on, uh, was the really um, the experience of the death and the fact that I recognized that the um, death experience, my being shot to death, that act was my idea. That was my idea. 
and that I never forgave the man that shot me because there was nothing to forgive because it was my idea that he shot me and I can state unequivocally <laughs> that I love that man for having shot me to death. I love him flat out. I congratulate and I accept. And then when <clears throat> that thinking went up online and that took, God, 20, 30 years for it to really fully finish going up online, I one day recognized that I was no longer tangled with that person Mm-hmm. And uh, I won't be incarnating again with it being my turn to shoot him, uh, or however that would work, poison perhaps, uh, perhaps boring them to death, but at any rate uh, um, inciting their death, so that I'm no longer tangled with that soul, and that's the entire principle of incarnation. When we get to the point of loving everything, loving everyone for what it is they do, just recognizing it all, then you don't have to come back. That's a very, very good one. Yes, so I think that would be the, if I had to leave one thing on the planet, that would be it. That's what I would like most discussed. Yeah, well, one one of the things, I I have a lot of things that I would like to leave, as as would you, so I haven't really thought about which one the most, but another thing that I would like to leave humanity, um, just my observations, and, and that is happy steps today lead to happy places tomorrow. A lot of people feel that they have to suffer today in order to create a good tomorrow because I've observed that people are far more comfortable being miserable today with the hope of being happy tomorrow than being happy and then the fear of losing it or or having to risk it. But tomorrow, today rather, cannot be absent from tomorrow. It's impossible because today is the creator of tomorrow. So if you are unhappy today, the today that exists within tomorrow would then be unhappy. So happy steps today lead to happy places tomorrow. And another thing that ties into that is people believe that happiness leads you astray and misery leads you, leads you in the right, straight, and narrow, and the path oh, yeah. to God. But it is absolutely untrue. It's the fear and the constriction do not lead you to anything other than fear and, and all that kind of stuff. So being happy today is okay. I had some uh, bumper stickers. Somebody sent me some because I'd been asking for someone to uh, do up some. Mm -hmm. And that is legalize happiness. So happiness today will lead to happiness tomorrow, and it will not lead to misery. And that the more you create happy things for you now, the more happy things will start showing up for you in the future. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's a very brilliant way to live. Mm-hmm. This is what we're talking about, being able to live in a brilliant way, being able to be that person that we all admire that is the one that uh, it all just rolls off their back. Um, no matter what it was, they're right back up, and they're just moving forward to uh, a greater reality. Nothing will stop it. Nothing will stop it. And that's what we're talking about and the education that comes with that mindset and how to put this up online in your own mm-hmm. life, yeah. which is very much the way yeah. in which this thing mm-hmm. occurs. And um, one of the other greats um, that we would um, bestow upon our audience, which we have done so many times, which I've been calling the nine words simply forever, which is thought creates and where you place your attention grows. Once you understand that, there is one and only one thing that you have to do and have to as a bully speaking. You serve yourself well when you do this one thing, and that is to be aware of where and how you're placing your attention. Mm -hmm. Once you master that particular art, where and how you're placing your attention, you are, in fact, grandmaster of all reality. That's it. Well, that was a horrible thing. Well, I won't be placing my attention there. Why would I do that? Well, that was a brilliant thing. Well, yes, it was. I, I could place my attention there, but I prefer to place my attention on the, what I will be creating rather than anything in the past, um, you know, so that uh, um, I'm not predicated by what happened at some point. I am fresh and new and creating anew constantly. You know, that really is absolutely brilliant because yeah. not only is it true, but it's very useful to know it and to apply it in all kinds of areas of your life. Yeah. Something I include in the psychic development series is is um, how to use 
um, to, to take command, let's say, of your attention, your perception point is some, just what I call it. Mm -hmm. And the, the more clear you can make your perception point and what your focus is, the more clear the information will come back. And so if you can master your attention, it's, it's everything. It really is. That's it. There's the yeah. name of the game right there. Yeah. Where are you placing your attention? Mm -hmm. And the entire language, that's what the language codes mm -hmm. are about. Uh, anytime you watch any other TV, commercial TV, not this program, commercial TV, you are being manipulated to place your attention on lack. Yes. That's what the entire media does is maneuver, manipulate by guilt, manipulate you by guilt into feeling that you are less than what you could be. I, I agree. And that, yeah. that I feel was a gestalt energy that also made it so that the economy is in its this place is so much attention is placed oh, on there's life. nothing the matter well, with the economy that's just you know everybody I agree every that's five minutes saying. you hear well now that we're in the depression oh, in this economy you yeah, hear that yeah. a lot in people's conversations oh, so you, we it's just reach in there yeah. and smack that yeah. person what the hell's the matter with well, you it's, it's an example of thought creates of, yes of what exactly was. yeah and it's a very good one yeah because the more people say it the less people feel safe about spending and such and well, the more the downward in, spiral starts to, to spin. I, I agree. Yeah. And, and, that, and that kind of plays into my next thing, which is um, to make the choice. I mean, that was thought creates and where you place your attention grows. And the other, and this is so akin to that, is do you live in a safe universe or, or are you safe within the universe? And often that can sound very similar when you first hear it, but when you look into it further, you recognize that being safe within the universe implies that you're safe, but that there are unsafe places. To say that it is a safe universe implies that there is no place that it is not safe. And so even in the illusions of unsafeness, you can still find your safety. And it really is a, a question early on. If you answer the question, which one of those, and you say, I live in a safe universe, then everything you do from that point forward is from a place of safety and uh, st stableness in a lot of ways. If you answer it the other way, then the rest of that path is spent trying to defend yourself, either defend the safety that you have or fighting against the op opposition to safety to get back to safety. And that's what your life becomes, is an engagement of the dynamic of that duality. Well, the word safe is one of these manipulating words. Mm -hmm. It really, truly is. And it's a, a harbinger of guilt, and it is manipulation. So the word safe will either wake you up or it will put you to sleep. And that's the whole point. Once you get to the point where you recognize that anybody who's saying this activity is safe or not safe uh, believes in a very limited reality, well, I think when and you... And just to... Well, go ahead. Yeah, well, I, I, just to... Because uh, I don't want that to... Um, I just wanted to... Yeah, go ahead. You know, talk about me using the words just then in that statement. Because oh, I, I don't want it to detract yeah. from the power of that. Yeah. Because when you say, I live in a safe universe, you never have to deal with safe and unsafe ever again. Right. So that's the way out of it. Yeah. But, and all I'm saying is when you hear the word safe, when it comes up anywhere, anytime, in any conversation... It either puts one to sleep or it wakes one up, you. depending yeah, on. So if you have this information, it just snaps you awake. Mm -hmm. uh, but we human beings have been so long put to sleep by the word safe. Yeah, I, I understand yeah, what you're saying. That, and you can step out of that reality anytime you wish. Mm -hmm. And that is that there's, um, as we started, more than one correct answer. So another, um, and it's kind of keeping in this theme, the most commonly used word in the news media is the word victim. And there is no such thing. Absolutely everything is perfectly choreographed here on Earth. The, um, there is no such thing as a victim. <coughs> I speak as a person who was shot to death. <coughs> Pardon me. I made the decision to be shot to death. I made that decision. It was my idea. There was no point at which I was a victim didn't happen, never happened. Katrina had zero victims. Katrina had participants. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And to change the way in which we think. And <clears throat> we're so put to sleep. The participants of Katrina participated by saying, 
I'm getting out of town. They participated by saying, my God, look at all that water. Or they participated by calling their gate, by going into the next world. But zero victims. So either we have free will or there are victims. It's one or the other. That's very good. And that's a very fundamental choice. And once yeah. you choose one, you have a very different life, depending on which one you choose. <laughs> it, it's really true. Well, I, what I was um, thinking, I think I might have even mentioned this on a prior show, but victimhood is the only real victimizer, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because if you live in victimhood, you are completely imprisoned within that. Yeah. And you, there, therefore, it's like you giving the keys to that other person. Now, people can do things to each other, and that's a whole different thing. And we can uh, learn from it, we can grow, we can move away from it, we can fight it back, we can do whatever it is right for us on our path. But victimhood, by virtue of that, is so disempowering. Just saying or acting like a victim. We've all seen and we've all been victims in our life to something or another, or at least felt that way. And, it <coughs> and what we do is walk around um, looking to hold other people accountable for everything that happens to us. Just like, yeah. how boring is and that? Yeah, and we do things with people all the time. There's this fabulous choreography going on on this planet that's <coughs> completely invisible to the average person. Uh, that where this looks like this, but it's not that at all. <coughs> and that's because of the way the language depicts our reality. And it's not at all spot on. It's not really uh, doing us any any favors. We, once we exist at the level of higher consciousness mm -hmm. and just recognize the entire thing is on our side. That's another one. I don't even know well, if I said that one already, well, but everything a, is on your my side. My next one, because um, uh, I, I really love that, and that's a beautiful one, the victimhood. So thank yeah. you for all that. Mm -hmm. Well, something else that I would like to leave the world, so to speak, is that you can't catch tomorrow's fish with today's worm, nor can you enjoy today's feast tomorrow. It yeah. has to be done in its own time. And we spend so much time worrying about tomorrow, worrying about paying the rent. We've all been there. We've all done it. We probably all still sure. do it to some degree. Mm -hmm. But I realized that I was spending so much energy worrying about tomorrow or trying to prepare or doing these spiel, uh, spinning, wheel spinning is spieling, by the way, um, spinning my wheels, and I wasn't really getting anywhere. So I came up with an exercise, and I sat in front of the fireplace, and I had a fire going, and I wrote, like, let's say I was worried about paying the rent. I would say paying the rent, and I folded it up and put it in the fire and sent it to the future because the future me can handle this. Tomorrow's problems can be handled by the tomorrow me. Yesterday's problems were handled already by the yesterday me, so I don't have to get the today me involved and beat me up because my past me has already made that decision and I have to respect the past me for making that decision and not continue to beat me up forever. Learn from it and then send things into the future, send things into the past and respect our past and future selves and let them handle their, their time and you handle yours. If you were to just do that, the stress level in your life is going to reduce like 99%. Give it a go tomorrow. See how, how you do that. Whenever you start getting anxious, it's because you're dealing with something out of the moment. All right, everybody's waving at me. What's going on? Do you oh, have we a call? have our caller. Right. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Aurelia from Idaho. Well, hello. How are you? Oh, better and better. Yeah, the hey. show is just fabulous tonight. You know, I was thinking. Thank you. It's good um, to hear you. Yeah. Yeah, you once said that there's no class thinking 101. I disagree. I have another correct answer, and that would be telepathic TV. Oh, well, thank you. Actually, actually, it would be, it was four years ago today that I came across the book, Hidden Language Codes. And at the beginning, you know, you mentioned the Mayan calendar and how it was Tone 11. I'm a Tone 11, by the way, in the Mayan calendar. And you, you mentioned a very interesting thing that I never, never occurred to me before when you said that 11 is about manifesting. I've never looked at it that way. Until you said that, well, dissolving and releasing is a way of manifesting. Again, mm -hmm. another correct answer. Mm -hmm. and, and so I got to thinking about that, and that's really how I've been growing. I mean, I've, uh, one of the things, a lot of the things you've said, oh, they just so resonate with me tonight about um, 
there being more than one correct answer, that was just so releasing to me because then I wasn't sitting there the whole time someone was talking thinking, oh, no, you know, what I have to say is correct. These people don't know what they're talking about or whatever. Everybody knows what they're talking about at the time they're doing it. That's where they are. And so mm-hmm. it was so freeing to me to learn that. And That's the other the thing is where my attention yeah. yeah, and where my attention is. I mean, that is so, just, that's just, it's it's primal. Yeah, it's power. <laughs> and, and the other thing I learned that I can recall, this is kind of like an anniversary to me, a four-year anniversary, um, is about the acronym for FEAR. You know, people think it's false evidence appearing real. And I was able to turn that around and realize that, you know, I feel everything and relax. And that was That's another good. thing about thinking that, you know, these are the things that are always in my mind when I'm, when I'm going, quote, offline, you know, I'm becoming unconscious or reacting. It's so easy for us to do that. Yeah. Uh, I catch me all the time doing that. Yeah. You're, just, you're suddenly tangled in this, how did that happen? I was, just a moment ago, I was just, mm, and here it is. Uh-huh. And then, yeah. and then when I catch myself and I feel guilty about that, with the oh, very well, thing that you were just guilty. talking about, I think, well, everything is perfect. I've suddenly realized that, hey, I'm offline, you know, get back up. Um, and that, you know, once you told me that it, you can usually trace it back to a word because your words are your commands, and that's what forms your life. So, yeah. You know, that is another thing that's very key to me. And then finally, this whole business about victimhood. I was, um, I was uh, sexually abused as a child, mm-hmm. and so I uh, believed my whole life for decades that I was a victim. Yeah. And, now, and now I actually know, I don't just think it, I know it, that I am a participant of that. And so that changed my life totally. So within four years, this has just totally rocked my world. And yeah. um, I can, you know, truly say that I've just learned so many key things that are so releasing. Well, that's um, great. Thank this. you. So, so thank you for Thinking 101. Yeah. That was a, a working title of the book at one point, Thinking 101, was what I thought I would call it in one of the early conceptions of it. Because it's true. We, we're not taught to think. We're mm-hmm. taught to react, mm-hmm. but never respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it goes quite a bit of distance in there. So you have your... You're the next. I'm the next one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, that would be the... Um, you were telling me this on the drive over. I hadn't really thought of it that way, but uh, people have apparently responded to just shutting off the stream say, of thought. Yeah. yeah. And uh, to get your physical body in on shutting off the stream of thought. So once you recognize the stream of thought as having polluted um, with fear or doubt or worry or guilt or Mm -hmm. remorse or whatever form of pollution has occurred in your little thought stream, you just switch it off like that. And then you have to, the very important part of it is that you have to, uh, once you've uh, perseverated the stream, then you have to reinitialize it at a higher level. So at the very beginning of this entire process, I would say, okay, I'm having a fear. I shut it off. think it's off. Now, I go to a place that's of higher frequency, and that would be, of course, a place where I'm feeling good, a place that I like to be. So for the first 10,000 times that I ever stopped the thought stream, I immediately went to the beach. And then I put on a particular spirit guide that accused me of saying, do you have an imagination? Could we go somewhere besides the beach that you feel all right? And so from that moment on, really, I left the earth. I, I, I built structures in space that I would go to that I would... One of them recently turned into a planet I hadn't visited in a long time. And when I went back there, it had collected enough debris that it was resembling a planet. So I've been going there now daily to initialize um, um, plant stream on it. Um, I put an animal stream on it because the plants were kind of lonely and wanted something to eat them and, you know, stuff like that. So I went in. This is a real part of a future timeline where um, each of us will at one point build a planet, a lot more than one point, We'll build stars after a while, but that started from that. Yeah, and and what 
what is a good place to go from there is just get to the place where you just continue doing what you're doing and you mm -hmm. don't even have to go out anywhere I mean after a time even that gets boring and you just shut it off and you're still right in that moment still doing your own thing. Oh sure. Yeah. And no, I think they're all great. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but well, you you had put it last time and, and this is kind of what I was referring to earlier is the alphabet like you can say A B C D and you stop, you knew yeah. E was coming. And so that's what you do with your thoughts and you just snap your fingers. Mm -hmm. And, and you're I really sovereign. Like, I really like that. Yeah, I think you're a lot of people have benefited thoughts. from that too. Yeah, yeah. And we have okay, our next caller. We'll do caller. that, and then I'll do my next thing. Excellent. Okay. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Uh, hello? Hi. What's your Hi, name? Uh, my name is Rahim. Hi. What can we do for you tonight? Well, I just wanted to ask you guys about things like spirits and stuff, because, you know, when I'm at home and I'm just, like, say, sitting on the couch, I'll hear spirits or whatever, something's whispering in my ear, and it's really weird, and I'll, like, run out. And I usually don't know what to do after that. I just leave the house. And when I come back, there will be, like, things moved around or I'll find ectoplasm in my room. Hmm. Well, this is far more normal than uh, we would be led to believe on this planet. Uh, first of all, congratulations on having a um, very refined <laughs> level of perception that most people don't I have. He also speaks uh, Swahili, was that? Oh, I don't know. Uh, in that way. Well, he might find some ectoplasm in his room when he goes home tonight. Yeah. That, was a, that was a chant that creates it or something. Yeah, uh, but just to understand that this um, ultra-dimensional phenomenon are, is a real thing. It's absolutely mm -hmm. a real thing. We, ha we receive, again, zero education about that. Yeah. We had, uh, at one point, a cat that could cause you to think that the doorbell had rung. Honest to God, this cat could project... I know, I woke up project, in the middle of the night right, thinking somebody was at the door. ...could project this thought into your mind. Now, if a cat, and the cat, from our point of view, doesn't have a lot of brain, I mean, certainly it has a brain, but it's nothing compared to a human brain. If a cat can project that thought into my thinking, which is pretty good, um, Imagine what a spirit could do, something that had had a human mind, that, etc. So all of this is real. I, I, we understand that our program reaches all strata of people that are all at very different levels of consciousness. And our, our program here is to benefit across the board. So the idea mm -hmm. that spirit phenomenon is real is news to a lot of people. Well... Actually, you know, all, you know I, I really feel like maybe we could just address this in a different show because there's a lot to yeah, this true, yeah. rather than to really get sidelined by something um, mm -hmm. that would take us into a path that really we do, don't have the time even left in the show to address that. So we will talk about that, uh, about spirit phenomenon and, and things like that because I think it's, inc you know, important. And, well, another of mine that I felt I'd like to put in this recap is that, um, and I'll just repeat this dream real quickly because we have new viewers all the time, but a long time ago I had a dream that I was being taken to the Violet Sea and it was this beautiful place of great transcendence and I, I was so excited to be going there and it was like I'd worked many lifetimes to get to that place, took many modes of transportation and finally I'm in this Violet Sea and I'm floating there are angels, mermaids, dolphins, and all kinds of mystical creatures there. And I looked closer, and the water looked black to me. And so I had a fear arise within me. And I said, oh, I've been tricked. I've been taken to the Black Sea. And with that, this little mermaid being came over and scooped up some liquid in a mason jar, and I'm sure there's some symbolism in that, held it up to the light, and it was a very deep violet. It was very deep purple. Mm -hmm. She said, all blackness is is concentrated divinity. Just shine more light on it. And it was that was a bit of information that was such a truth for me that there really isn't anything to fear. It's just unilluminated with your attention, with your perception. And you can see evidence of this all over the world. People hate each other, and they don't know each other. You can't hate what you know and what you are aware of and what you take into your heart. You cannot hate it. So if hate is present, that means you're not looking. You're not shining your perception on it. Look at the different races of people on the planet. I, 
it's like everybody is programmed to be suspicious of each other if we're not alike, you know, exactly oh, like even each then other. We're suspicious. And then we're suspicious for different reasons. Yeah. So, okay. That person so much like that. me, I'm suspicious. <laughs> yes, strike that. Um, they could do anything I could do, my God. Yeah. Yeah. But once we understand, like you can be angry at the waitress that's rude to you, and then if somebody says, well, you know, her father just died and she. Um, is getting evicted from her apartment, and she was just trying to get her work done to get home in time, mm -hmm. take her son somewhere, and you go, oh, okay. Now I can at least understand. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we take the leap and, and assume that everything is divinity, and all we have to do is shine the light of everything our awareness on it, mm -hmm. and then its truth will be illuminated to you, because that's all love is, falling in love with someone, is that the other person's truth becomes visible to you and yeah. your truth visible to them. And so we don't have to wait for that. Yeah, and the idea that whatever it is, it's your idea. There's another one, the blame-free existence. And, and we are so easily caught in the blame game. I blame it on the way I was brought up, but still, it's so easy to just get caught in blame. And uh, when you are in blame, you are not taking responsibility. If you take responsibility for what's happening, you are then in command of it. But as long as you're mm -hmm. blaming, it controls you. Yeah. And these are such elementary principles in a certain way, and yet we still forget them. We still fall asleep. We still get trapped in them. But it's, you're out of it, and it is that way. Mm -hmm. Now, another that I'd like to present in our recap that is this program is the idea of Trinity thinking. Now you're saying, oh, Trinity thinking, the church, this is old. Why are you telling me Trinity thinking? I'm telling you Trinity thinking because you don't think in Trinities. We, the human race, at this point, think in a very bipolar way. It's good or it's bad. It's up or it's down. It's back or it's forth. We, we are as a, it's one or it's zero. We are bipolar as a race. We think in a very bipolar way. Any time that you want to step out of that particular thing is the place at which you convert your mind into Trinity thinking. Uh, again, the one correct answer the thing that keeps you in the box is that it's right or it's wrong. The idea that there is one correct answer keeps you in the box. When there is suddenly more than one correct answer, even if it's only two correct answers, you have begun to leave the box. Okay. The principle of Trinity is, is one sentence, and it's very simple. For any two things you think are opposite, there is a third point of view, a third thought, that allows you to recognize the two things as the same thing. In other words, red and green, they're both color, they're both signals, they're both visible, they're both Christmas, they're both a horrible fashion statement, and if it's Christmas, they are a mandatory fashion statement. But there's 15 reasons red and green are the same thing, and a single word, the word opposite, that allows you to see them as separate. Okay, so once you reformat the brain to where any time you notice, gee, there seems to be only two things. Now, there's a third one. And when we, we do this in public, and that's based on the uh, seminars on the new book, at the end I always ask, has anybody out there got something that two things they feel are opposite and they cannot for the life of them figure out what is the thing that makes them together? And I... I have 15 minutes at the end of the program for people to ask me this. And one person said, men and women, how is it that they are, are not opposite? And I go, well, <clears throat> they, they both, both seek happiness. They both wish to please the other one. They both smile. They both wish to be in charge of the other one. They both, um, did I say this? Uh, seek happiness. I think I said that first. They, they both uh, desire success. They both wish power. They both, and the list is endless why they're the same. But only this idea of opposite being the separating factor there. So once we can convert the entire brain to trinity and out of the bipolar nonsense, let the computers think in the bipolar way because that's the way they were set up. The computers are model, modeling the human brain. Now, if we had a computer that thought in trinities, it would implode on itself. It would not exist in 3D. Because that is actually the technique of leaving 3D, is to leave bipolar thinking. Once you think in trinities, you can step into other dimensions so much more easily than if there is only bipolar, if there is only right and wrong, 
you are really truly mired in yeah. your own thoughts. Yeah. So knock that off. And I mean it. Knock it off right no, now. No, you don't have to. Only kidding. You really, let's just move beyond this. Anytime you're ready. No, not now. Now. Okay. Think in trinities. Find the third point of view. Somebody said car battery. Explain to me how car battery is not polarized. Okay, I'll tell you how you do it. You just turn the key. The car starts. The two poles cooperated to the third effect, hmm, which was the good. car turns on. I agree on. with all that. Yeah. For sure. Uh, well, I think we probably have time for another one. And uh. um, this is one that I find very useful. In, and it is, love brings out anything unlike love so that it may be healed. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that those aren't ascended ways of putting things, but we really yeah. often have to use the language of the realm that we are existing within or that piece of us is existing within in order to liberate it and bring it up to a, a higher place. And I do believe words are extremely important. But yeah. Words are a mirror or a reflection mm -hmm. or an, uh, an acting out of the consciousness and the beliefs that go behind it. So if uh, we're, we change our words, it, it's only to use as a catalyst to change our thoughts. Otherwise, we're just people that are using substitute words to saying, oh yes, I, I create that instead of I need that, but the life is still going on in the same way because there hasn't been thought changes. Mm -hmm. Just my personal opinion, and it's not to negate the other, it's just to add on to it for those that may benefit. But love brings out anything unlike love. It, it tells also to be patient. In love, we expect love to be some formula thing like it is written on TV, any kind of a relationship. We're expecting our father to be like father knows best guy. We're expecting our husband to be like this person that sweeps us off. And, and we have these expectations of what love is back in the background. And so we don't give love a chance and we don't allow the love to come in and bring up the parts of us that could, could be healed as well as them the mirror of love bringing that up. So work past that in your relationships. Too many mm -hmm. people just say, oops, we had a bump in the road, let's go ahead and get a divorce now. It's like, no, something brought you together. Really look, look in there, mm -hmm. look past that stuff. See it as stuff coming up to be healed. Don't see it as things that, that are, are attacking the relationship itself. Yeah, excellent. So while we're um, winging the duck, or about to be winging the duck in. It's winging its way. Um, we can discuss briefly the idea that guilt is a method by which we cease as much thought as possible. Mm -hmm. As soon as you feel guilty, you stop thinking and just go into a sourness. And so guilt always takes the place of thought, and guilt always takes the place of integrity. We've got if we have the duck. time, we will do this after the duck, the idea of explaining guilt in a few words. We're going to do a guilt on the whole other show, because I have a lot to say. We're in the Arctic here, in case people haven't noticed. It's very yes, cold in the studio. 400 degrees below zero here in the studio. Relaxation. I've heard of it. So is it fear everything and relax? Feel everything and relax. Oh, okay, good, okay. good. I, I don't want to fear everything and relax. Support, yeah. Okay, I don't want to feel everything either. But So support is... Thank you. Uh, what people really don't get about support is that's almost languaged as support from outside of one. Uh, where the word mm. support to mean you support you, then that would put an end to that entire process of expectation that because so-and-so so is called wife or so-and-so is mm -hmm. called husband or so-and-so is called mother or father or grandparent or police officer or any of the rest of this, well, and the calls of actually, if you did begun. fear everything, you would relax because there wouldn't be any punctuation points. Yeah, there wouldn't fear be, and you just get numb to, to fear. So, okay, yeah. we have a call. We do. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hello, Mary. Hello, Neville. This is Dottie. Oh, hi. hi. How are you? How are you? I'm just fine, you know, bundling up because of the cold. Yes. <laughs> Okay. I am I'm calling to say hello to you both. I love your show. It's great to be watching all the recap. It's great messages as usual, Mary and Neville. Oh, um, thank you. We love you. And um, I was calling for a reading, Mary, a general reading. I'd be most happy to, and we love you too. Thank you so much. I'll hang up now. Okay, thank mm -hmm. you. Okay, the first card. Ooh, look, Harmony. 
I really do feel that you have done everything that you were slated to do, needed to do, and I'm going to use that word, whatever you feel, um, and that now it's time to really get into a harmony with your life and, and your emotions, your head and your heart being in the same place. And, and that's leading you to live more in the moment now. I think we all get, when we're our heart and our head and the two forces in our life are pulling us like, like a, um, what is that called, tug of war game, that we're never really in the moment. We're always living in that past or future like we were talking about before. And as a result of this, it's leading you outside of your old programming and those, those old niches that the world tried to get you to stay in and that you were looking to get out of. And so I really do feel that a lot of things are going to be opening up for you and your true nature is coming out. So it will probably bring about some pretty major changes in your life. So look for those with a real positive, excited outlook because they are wonderful. And we have our next call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville. Hi, Mary. This is Neha calling. Hi. Hi. Calling for a reading this evening. Okay. Thank you so much. I'll hang up. Thank you. Did you have you had something to say earlier? Oh, always. Uh, just go ahead. Okay. Well, the master comes to remind us that the master within us is always there guiding and, and looking over us and guiding us. That you wouldn't, let's say, go down and explore under the sea if you didn't have a window and, and a steering wheel and things like that. And we're never left alone and unguided, that we're always being guided and, it, and the answer comes from within. And that if there's something in your life where you feel like you're being stuck or it's being suppressed, you're being suppressed within it, now's the time to, um, rather than resisting against it, and it feels like one of those thumb puzzles, those Chinese thumb puzzles, it's to relax and say, okay, why would I have created this thing that made me stop here? What is it around me that makes me look? And, um, uh, or what, is, what am I supposed to see? Here, and you'll get a lot of wisdom there. And then the projections card is perhaps one of the things that are coded within that suppression is the world may be um, looking to you to give them something um, that, that they think that you, that's resonant or, or typical of you, rather, and that you are really a different person now. And so likewise, the things that you're expecting of other people, it's time to just say, okay, I'm going to do a reset. Like, Let's say sometimes our parents, they'll act a certain way, even adult parents, and we, we think, oh, they're pulling the same pattern. They're treating me like a child. But often they don't mean it like that anymore. So it's like just doing a reset on uh, relationships and things in your life. Well, why don't you go ahead and, and say, I, um, what, you um, were going to say something um, before the break? Uh, guilt well, yeah, we can do guilt as a... Okay. We've done guilt, you know. We've done all of these programs. Uh, it's about people catching on. This is, you know, really what we've okay. been doing right from the beginning. We must we serve ourselves well when we release the particular little prisons we carry around with ourselves, which are always thought forms, always methods of thought, and the whole point is to outgrow them. And if you actually initialize in Trinity it's very easy to step into fourth dimensional thinking, which is a, a point of uh, a great deal of knowing, a great deal of joyousness that comes from doing such a thing. Anyhow, we do have our next caller. So, hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Sandy. How are you guys doing? Good. Hi. How are you? How about you? Good. Can I get a reading, please? Sure. I didn't catch the name. I think there was some Neither. noise going on over there. Okay. All right. Look, we got moment to moment again. <clears throat> I think what this is saying is that they're coming out of a time where you felt like you had to like keep t power over the next step. Like, what, how how am I going to create the next step and everything? And that you're coming into a place where you can kind of let go of that a bit and just allow life to come to you. This dream card, if you read the book that comes along with this deck, it's talking about we often will feel like, um, that, oh, when that romance comes, when that new job comes, I'll be happy. When, I, when these things happen, then I'll finally be happy. 
and it reminds us to find that happiness from within and to say, okay, I'm not going to wait for an external thing to come. I'm going to give myself permission to just be happy now. But I feel like it has an added meaning for you, and that is to look back on things you've dreamed of in the past that you always wished to have in your life, and that maybe some limited evidence thinking that has been going on has made you drop down some of those. I would relook at those old dreams and let go of the ones that don't apply anymore and revive some of the ones that do. This idea of laziness makes us think that we always have to be doing these things that are quote-unquote productive or we're not valuable. And I would say to just throw the word laziness out of the window. It's really, why don't I want to do it and why am I making me do it? Now, there, there you get some traction, but just thinking that you're not getting far is, is, is uh, really not serving at all. So anyway, open up to some of those old dreams and let yourself put down some of the responsibility because it's a lot. Makes sense. Yeah, we have a few minutes left. Do we have another caller? Are we all set? Okay. Well, the, um, this program has been a summation of a decade and a half of material. And we had asked people a to... A small summation. There's plenty yeah, more. <laughs> well, that's true. There is. Yeah. Uh, and we'd asked people to call in to talk about, uh, you know, how, um, what changes came about from adopting uh, new ways of thinking, mm -hmm. which is in and of itself virtually invisible to us when we do adopt a new method of thought. You know, it's like uh, if you're suddenly, you have been five and you're now 10 and you're thinking as a 10-year-old and all those five-year-old methods of thought have vanished because you've just passed through them. So there isn't much conscious recognition of the transmutation of thought. But on this particular show, and as one becomes more conscious, these echelons of thought change um, become apparent. And it's important that um, uh, it serves us well when we take note of this because the advance the human race is going through at this time and its uh, ability to uh, um, create the advanced society that our, our kind is creating. Right now we are creating a far more advanced civilization than has ever existed kind of period, mm -hmm. <laughs> certainly in this particular neighborhood of the universe. Yeah. Yeah, we are uh, stepping out. And um, a lot of people um, feel left behind and lost, and they understand, and, and all they can do is blame harder. That's the only tool they have. Those kids, those computers, all this stuff, the, this advance, and, and then when you are that age and you are, oh, other people have been have more talent at this, and, and it's just the blame game around in circles. And the minute you step out of the blame game is where you accept your responsibility for what's going on in your life, and then you are actually in charge of your life. Who would have thought of a thing like that? Yeah. Being in charge yeah. of your life. And you are. You are commander of your life. Quit fooling around and act like that. Mm -hmm. That is what the future looks like. Mm-hmm. Are we ready for this, or am I just going to... Are we? No? It looks that way. Sure. No? Okay. Higher up? No, he's got the shot on you. Go ahead. Show a few of these. These are wonderful cards. Yeah. I, I, we'll probably need to do a close-up if, if we're going to do that. I think they just wanted a, a shot for the end or something. Well, for at him. any rate. Okay. These are a, a handmade deck of cards that I had wanted to show. They have the, the glitter on them. And, uh, whoa. They're slippery. Okay. Well, we're flipping there we around go. here. I'm not sure what I'm... Mm -hmm. But anyway, if you could hold them at an angle. Yeah. Recall, it's a deck that uh, a lady, Carol Hertzer, um, makes these. And she hand paints glitter on each one. And they're really quite stunning. And she does some DVDs with her art and her music and everything. Her name's Carol Hertzer, so you can look her up. She's, she does DVDs and um, things like that. You I told her I'd, I'd let everybody know about her work. You have quite a few decks now. You have a really extensive collection. Well, I don't know about that, but... Well, I do. Well, yeah, that's kind of my yeah. personal thing. So. What I love about your, uh, um, what is the word, use of tarot is that you are 
explaining them as uh, yet another language one might speak, yeah. which I think is head and shoulders above that. Well, they're dark a therapeutic tool as well, for yeah. sure. And, dark um, manipulation that so many people use them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just ick. I don't want to take a bath after, yeah, that's after that sort of thing. And that's what we're about on this program. We really are about getting us to a higher level of consciousness. And these little pieces of darkness can no longer have any effect. Shine the light on it, baby. Yeah, and it will run away. Yeah. And um, while well, we want to thank you for having joined us, we will be here next week. And who knows exactly what we'll be talking about. Uh, do email We're going to continue on this concept for a little bit longer. Well, there's, there's a lot more to it. We haven't even tools gotten for to consciousness. Yeah, yeah we it was our joy and honor to, to take you to the door tonight. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot more to it than uh, um, mm -hmm. what's been revealed so far. So mm -hmm. do tune in, and do uh, give us an email if you have the opportunity, and uh, let us know what else we can do here. Thank you.